Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9 and meet me at verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Once again, I want to welcome everybody watching with us live as well as the replay and welcome everybody in the house today. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to pick up here at verse 6. The prophet Isaiah declared, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. So for us a child is born. For us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And so understand Isaiah's prophesied over 700 years before the arrival of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that for us a child will be born and for us a son would be given. And any time a child is born, it is an exciting time to, of the arrival of a birth of a child. So we should be excited about the arrival of Jesus and the government or his rule and reign will be upon his shoulder. That means he's in charge. He would be in control and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And Wonderful Counselor is likely a name that expresses his ability as a guide and leader. He'll be a wonderful counselor. A mighty God can be translated as a hero, a mighty God, a hero. Everlasting father can also mean that he will be everywhere at all times. He will be present everywhere. Prince of peace can mean his reign will be characterized by no more enmity between God and man. Prince of peace will also include health, well-being and prosperity. And is he to you all that his name implies? Let me ask you that question. Is he to you all that his name implies? Now turn with me to Luke chapter 2 and meet me at verse 8. Luke chapter 2 and meet me at verse 8. And uh, the word of the Lord tells us here, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, somebody shout, by night. night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Understand, this is at nighttime, and an angel appears to them at night, and the glory of the Lord was all around them at night. Obviously, they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. He had to let them know. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Somebody shout, great joy. joy. Which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, somebody shout, suddenly, there was an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace somebody shout peace Peace. goodwill toward men now notice 
Isaiah prophesies the arrival of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then Luke tells us of the arrival, the day that he arrived. And understand that in his arrival, there was great celebration. There was great joy. And then there was a phrase in verse 14. He said, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I wanted you to notice that on earth, there would be peace toward men and not peace among men. I want to say that again. This peace, this goodwill is peace toward men and not peace among men. And I will talk about that in more depth a little bit later on. Go to Matthew chapter 10 and look at verse 34. Matthew chapter 10, look at verse 34. Somebody shout, I believe. believe. Jesus said to us in verse 34, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now understand a lot of people think that Jesus came to bring peace on earth. And people will say they don't believe in God because there is no peace on the earth. How many of you have heard people say that? There's so much chaos on the earth. And how can a good loving father allow all this chaos on the earth? Well, God, through Christ Jesus, never declared that he was bringing peace on earth. Matter of fact, these are Jesus's words. I'll quote them verbatim. I did not come to bring peace on earth. I did come to bring peace. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now understand this peace that Jesus actually brought to the earth is peace between God and man and not peace between man and man. Now, on Wednesday night, I may talk a little bit more about being a peacemaker in our midweek boost. But for day, today's subject and assignment, I need to declare to you that God, through Christ Jesus, wanted to destroy the enmity between God and humanity. See, Adam sinned. And because of Adam's sin, we all had sinned. And we were all born into sin. And we were all born separated from a relationship with the Father. God does not like sin. He can have no relationship with sin. And so we were sinners, born sinners. And so in order for God to reconcile the relationship between man and himself, he had to bring himself to the earth. He put himself in a body, Jesus, and God in the flesh, Jesus came, did everything we couldn't do, restored our relationship with him and gave us right standing with him. And this right standing with him is what calls us to be the righteousness of God. And now we have a relationship with him. This is the peace that Jesus brought on the earth between God and man, that there would be a relationship between God and man and the Prince of Peace first comes with a sword to cut away that which is keeping you from peace. See, the Prince of Peace came to cut away all of the enmity that was keeping you from peace or restoration with God. And so Jesus came and said, I have come for the simple reason to bring you peace with God. Somebody shout, I have peace with God. 
Now in Romans chapter 5, turn there real quick. Romans chapter 5 and meet me at verse 1. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Paul tells us here, and he declares, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice, we are justified. That word justified means just as if we have never sinned. So we are justified by faith, just like we've never sinned. How did that happen? By faith. Didn't happen by our actions because, bless God, we did a lot of sinning. We were born in the sin. And so by faith, we have been justified and we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And so what we're celebrating during this time of year is peace with God because of the arrival of the Lord Jesus Christ. The birth of the Prince of Peace came on the earth to bring us into right relationship with God. Somebody shout, I have peace with God. Now, the first thing the peace of God does is makes you a friend of God. Say, I'm a friend of God. The peace of God reconciles your relationship with him. A reconciler is someone that comes in between two different people that have some discrepancies in between them. And this reconciler comes and resolves the discrepancies and brings reconciliation between two different parties, ultimately bringing peace. Jesus is our reconciler, bringing us peace with God. We can have a relationship with God because of the Prince of Peace. But I want you to notice God did not, through Christ Jesus, declare he was going to bring peace on the earth between humanity. As long as we live on this earth, there's going to be bickering, fighting, cussing, fussing, all type of buffoonery, wars, Rumor of wars, people are going to be mad at each other, family members are going to be mad at each other, friends are going to be mad at each other, uh, uh, different races and classes are not going to like each other. Jesus didn't come to bring peace amongst that. Oh, but um, I mean, I don't know how you as a, pa or a pastor, I mean, look at the earth and look how, look what's going on earth and God, if there was a God, then uh, that all this would be fixed. No, he never said that. He came to bring peace between God and man. That's the first responsibility. And if you will accept him, he's going to bring a relationship between God and humanity and bring oneness between the two. Now, we can work with God and be a peacemaker and create harmony with our relationships and our families and our sphere of influence. But you ain't going to do nothing what's going on in Afghanistan and Iran. You ain't going to do nothing about that. That's going to have to be God working through the, 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 the Afghans and Iranian, Irans, Iranians. Thank you. He's going to work through them. And then he can be a peacemaker amongst enemies. I'm preaching better than you saying amen in here. And so let's look at John chapter 16 and verse 33. John chapter 16 and verse 33. Jesus is talking to us, one of my favorite scriptures. He says, these things I have spoken to you 
that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Now listen, Jesus says, I'm spoken this to you in me. If you are in me, if you have accepted me, if you have received my ultimate substitutionary sacrifice in your life, in me, you will have peace. Now we are simultaneously as believers and saints, we are simultaneously in Jesus and we are also in the world. We are in this world. We're not of it, but we're in it. So in me, you may have peace. Peace is not the absence of conflict. In me, you may have peace. You may have my presence. You may have my power. You may have my promise. But you're not going to have the absence of conflict. Because in the world, there will be tribulation. There will be hard times in the world. But in me... You can have peace. This word peace is the word security, safety, and prosperity. In me, even though chaos is going all around you, in me, you can have peace. You can have security and safety and prosperity in me. Now, in the world, they're going to be chaotic, and a lot of things are going to go on in the world, but I want you to be of good cheer. What does that mean? I want you to be full of joy. Be of good cheer. Why? You're in me. And I have overcome the world. Glory to God. I have deprived the world of its power to harm you. That's what the Amplified Bible says. That Jesus has deprived the world its power to affect you. Because in Jesus, you have peace, safety, security, wholeness, and prosperity. Somebody say, I'm in Jesus. And when you are in Jesus, you can have the peace of God operating when the world is running, rampant, falling, what they say, going hell in a handbasket. You can have peace in the midst of a storm. You can have peace in the midst of what they call a recession. You can have peace in the midst of a divorce. You can have peace in the midst of losing your house. You can have peace. Now, I'm not declaring that you're going to lose your house, but you can have peace right in the middle of it. Your house ain't you. That's just a a shell of some wood. And some sheetrock. I was talking to one of my neighbors the other day, and you know, uh, was a few months ago, just just recently, just a few months ago, the value of my home was so high. Now it's calmed down because of you know craziness, but the value of the home was so high. And I turned to my neighbor. I said, "Man, I might need to sell because this is just a bunch of wood that just increased in value by over a hundred thousand dollars. It's just a bunch of wood and stuff." Oh, but y'all, oh, my heart is in that house. That's just some wood. I'm talking to somebody in here. That's just some sheetrock. Your heart is in the Lord. And you can be at peace in any situation that you're in. In any circumstance, you can find a place to be at peace. Somebody say, I'm at at peace. peace. 
Now notice, peace is not the absence of conflict, but in Christ, it's security, safety, and prosperity. Now go to John chapter 14, 27. John chapter 14, 27. Jesus said, watch this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now this is a power-packed verse. Jesus declares to you and I, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to leave you. The Prince of Peace himself is saying, I'm going to leave you my personal peace. It's a gift that I'm going to leave behind to you. I'm going to leave you my peace. I, listen, he didn't say he's going to leave you a car. He didn't say he's going to leave you a house. Are you listening to me? I'm going to leave you something much more valuable than, than, than that kind of stuff. I'm going to leave you my personal peace. I'm going to give it to you. So therefore, since you have my personal peace, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be afraid because you have the personal peace of Jesus. I want to describe the peace of Jesus as composure. Somebody say composure. If you do a study on Jesus like we all should, reading through the Gospels, looking at how Jesus acted, how he responded, how he made decisions, he was always composed. He was always poised, in control, cool, calm, and collected in every situation he encountered. There was a time that they wanted to push Jesus off a cliff. And because of Jesus's peace and his undisturbed composure, he just walked right through them and kept on doing what he was about to do for the rest of that day. He was composed. He was in control. He was collected and he was calm. If if I'm going to compare you to an unbeliever, I want to compare you to an unbeliever. If I was to look at the time you spend, you and an unbeliever, the time you spend will probably be sort of identical. I mean, both of you are waking up. Hopefully you're brushing your teeth in the morning, both of you. You're, you're, you're getting dressed. You're looking presentable. Probably going to work. Probably getting off. Probably eating dinner, right? If you got a family, hanging with the kids, whatever the case may be. Maybe you watch a little TV. You both probably do that. Then you both probably jump in the, you know, get in the shower, jump in the bed. And that's your daily routine, a saved person and an unsaved person. If I were to compare your finances, saved and unsaved, probably looks pretty similar. You, you, pay, a, uh, you pay rent or a house payment. You, 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 maybe you're paying a car payment. Maybe you're buying groceries and food. You're probably both doing that, taking care of some utilities and bills. Probably both given a little bit. Probably looks exactly the same. You and an unbeliever look exactly the same. In your time and in your money. But there should be a difference between a believer, you, and an unbeliever. And I submit to you 
The difference should be you should be walking in the peace of God. And an unbeliever is not going to walk in the peace of God. Things that are happening in this earth should not cause you to lose your composure. You should be cool, calm, collected, poised in every situation. Oh, they're going to lay people off and you over there screaming as loud as they screaming. That ought not be the case. If I was a boss and I came in, we're going to lay everybody off. And and this is a Christian, both y'all over there screaming. How how would I know who's who's really a believer? Who's a difference maker? How would I know if you acting crazy just like an unbeliever is acting? Oh, my God, I got a bad doctor's report. Ah! Somebody got to have the peace of God. Somebody got to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to be composed. I'm going to be cool and calm and collected and poised because God left me something he didn't leave an, an unbeliever. He left me with his composure. You ain't got to be all emotional like, like everyone else is emotional and Oh, the elections, oh, somebody got to have the peace of God on the inside of them and said, Jesus is still Lord. Whether a thousand may fall this way and 10,000 this way, Jesus is Lord. I operate in the peace and the undisturbed composure of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He left me his composure. I don't have to freak out about things that unbelievers freak out about. It's not because it's you. It's because of the gift that he left you. You got to put a value on the gift that you've been given and it's composure. So when bad news come, I should be able to tell a difference between a believer and an unbeliever by giving you bad news. I can't look at how you spend your time. I mean, I don't, you know, it's kind of similar. Can't look at how you spend your money. It might be kind of similar. I mean, hopefully a believer is giving more than an unbeliever, but stats say that ain't the case. So I can't really look at your money. I have to look at your lifestyle and say, okay, let me, all right, here's some bad news. Boom. Howard, let's see how the believer acts on this. Oh, he acted just like the unbeliever. Then there would be no difference. Last week, we talked about joy, having the joy of the Lord. A believer should be full of joy. We have something to be excited about. We have something to rejoice over. I mean, the worst thing that can happen to us is we die and go to heaven. That's the very worst thing that can happen. We got something to be excited about. An unbeliever is not going to have any joy. And so I should be able to look at you and say, there's no joy. This is a believer. This is an unbeliever. Today we're talking about composure and peace. The believer is going to operate in composure and peace. The unbeliever is not going to operate in composure and peace. Jesus left you his personal composure. He said here, I'm going to leave you with my peace. I'm going to give you my peace. And so notice when I was walking this earth, when people got all bent out of shape about things, I still had my composure. When people were trying to get me to to pay uh, taxes, I was composed. When, when, When there was a storm going, I was asleep in the boat. 
when a storm was raging. This is what you have, his composure. You can go to sleep when storms are raging and going wild. Jesus said, when they said his cousin died, He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out I'm going to heal some folks. I'm going to do good. I'm going to go out and I'm going to share what I have to people. I ain't going to go up and, and be crying for the next 24 years and whatever happened. I never rebounded because my cousin died. No, Jesus kept working. He kept going. I, I, I need to brag on Robert. He's on our camera today. Miss Beautiful Christine went to heaven over almost two years ago now, coming up on, went to heaven. I couldn't get Robert not to come to church. I said, Robert, stay home. No, I got to come to church. I said, Robert, listen, your, your wife just passed. Just stay home. We got it. I got, no, the words got to get out. I got to get behind that camera. This is what Robert, I got to get behind the camera. Well, Robert, I can get somebody else behind the camera. No, I got to get the word out. I got to get behind the camera. Robert. Stay home, man. We got it. I'm not staying home. I got to come. I got to get the word out. This is someone that says, you know what? I'm going to operate differently than what the world operates in. He got he he saw the undisturbed composure that the Lord gave him and realized it and began to walk in it. I couldn't keep him from coming. I didn't want him to come, but he wanted to come because the peace of God is on the inside of him. He knew his wife is no longer suffering. She's in a better place and she would be so proud of him. Would she not? He's still with us. Wouldn't she be proud of him? Put your hands together for Robert. She would be so proud of him. The peace of God said, you know what? Like Jesus, his cousin died. He kept working. Now, I'm not saying you can't take time off, but don't grieve like an unsaved person would grieve. You have something different on the inside of you. You got the peace of God on the inside of you. And you can be composed. You don't have to lose your emotions and cut somebody out and go crazy because something crazy happened. Be composed. Get a control over yourself. So the peace of God is with me. And I can respond differently. Start meditating about the gift the Lord Jesus gave you, this peace. I think about it often. When someone gives me bad news, my, I, I, my first response is, stay composed. Devon, stay composed. Oh, I want to, I want to, I got some choice words for folks. I have some things I want to say and some things I want to do. And, but I say, stay composed because the peace of God is on the inside of me. And I can stay composed. Now that, you know, that sinner, he can't stay composed. Okay. He going to act crazy and he going to do what he do. That's what sinners do. Sinners sin. But the righteousness of God can operate in his undisturbed composure. Somebody say, I have Jesus's undisturbed composure. Say, I am calm. I am poised. I am cool. And I am in control. Do you believe that? This is the peace of God. This is what the Prince of Peace has brought you. Not only right relationship with the Father, but composure. You can have his peace and be composed in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a catastrophe, 
in the middle of an argument with your spouse, in the middle of an argument with your son-in-law or daughter-in-law, you can operate in the peace of God and say, I'm going to stay composed. When Stacy and I disagree, oh, I got a lot of stuff I could say to prove her point wrong. I could just keep going and say all type of stuff. And the sad thing is when you get really close to somebody, you know how to push someone's buttons and you know what to say to anger them. That is the opposite of the peace of God. That's that's what sinners do. But we got to be different than that. And so when we get into it and I get boiled up on the inside, I want to say this or that. And her point is not right. Is she wrong? Because, you know, I'm always right, by the way. But, you know, she wrong. I sit back. And I say, the peace of God is in me. I have the peace of God in me. And I'll say, I will remain calm. I will remain cool. I'll remain poised. I'll remain in control. You know, this is what self-control is all about. You are in control of yourself. And I don't have to act like that. Because God's peace is manifesting in my life. During this holiday season, you're going to be around people that you don't want to be around. You're going to be around family members you probably don't want to be around. You're going to probably be at work events you probably don't want to go to. You're going to probably see some people and get some um, Christmas cards to somebody you ain't talked to all year long. You don't even like them. And they're going to send you Christmas cards and say, look, what, look, Merry Christmas as if nothing's wrong, as if they didn't do nothing evil to you. Somebody's going to have to be mature enough to operate in the peace of God and say, I will remain composed. I will remain calm. I am secure. I am safe. And although there's trouble all around me, I have his peace. Say that. I have his peace. One more time. I have his peace. I have his peace. It's a gift that he has left me and I have his peace. Now, Isaiah 26, verse 3. Turn there real quick. Isaiah 26, verse 3. And I'll close with this. Glory be to God. And we'll take a look at what Isaiah told us here in this passage of scripture. He says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, notice, here's what I want you to notice today. I want you to notice who is keeping who in perfect peace. Notice this scripture is telling us that God will keep you in perfect peace. So I don't have to keep myself in perfect peace. God will keep me in perfect peace. That's God's job, to keep you in perfect mature. That word perfect means mature or fully developed peace. But here's our job. Our mind has to be stayed on him. That means our thoughts and our emotions and our affections and our focus and our concentration has to be on him. What does that mean, Pastor? It has to be on his word. Our focus is going to have to be on what he's telling us. Our mind and our attention is going to have to be on what he's telling us. Matter of fact, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, he says, My son, attend to my words, meaning Listen to my words. There's a lot of words going on, but listen to my words. Attend to my words. 
here in Isaiah, if we keep our mind on his sayings, he will keep us in perfect peace. And when we keep our mind, our attention, and our thought life on him, it allows us to trust him, to confidently and completely recline and depend upon Jesus. See, when your words are focused, or his words, I should say, are your primary focus, then everyone else's words are secondary. And then he will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. So I thank God that I don't have to keep myself in perfect peace. I couldn't do it on my own anyway. I couldn't do it even if I tried. I don't have the strength to do it even if I tried. I have to have the Lord Jesus Christ and the precious Holy Spirit keep me in undisturbed composure. And the way I can stay in this undisturbed composure mindset is I have to keep my attention, my mind, and my thoughts on his word then I'll begin to trust him. And then when someone tells me, and this has happened in our church, our, our, our account, pastor, we, the bank account is, is running low. I stay in perfect peace. Why? Because I keep my mind on him. Lord, you said you will supply all my need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I'm going to stay in perfect peace because I'm going to keep my mind on what he said and not what our accountant said. Are you listening to me? I'm going to keep my mind on what he said, not what my boss said. I'm going to keep my mind on what he said and not what my spouse said. I'm going to keep my mind on what he said and not what Pookie and Ray Ray talking about. I'm keeping my mind on what he said. I don't care what Fox News and CNN said. I'm keeping my mind on what he said. If when I keep my mind on what he says... He will keep me in perfect peace. I would be composed in every area of my life. Glory be to God. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www dot truelifefc.org You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you and remember to love, learn, live and lead. Music